Hello and welcome to Don't Pee on Your Leg and Other Scientific Misconceptions, where we talk about scientific misconceptions we all have and we hope that you learn something new about the world. I'm here with several co-hosts, but one of them is my usual co-host, Camden High Kicks Hanslick Burton. And joining me is my co-host, Margaret Kickapoo Hanslick Burton. Very kick-themed. And we're very excited today to welcome two other guests, not one, but two other guests. First, we have David All That Jazz Martinez. Hi. (laughs) Our guest host this episode is Michael Don't Say Banana Foster. Hey, hi guys. We're so excited to have you both. Welcome to the show. Solo to Foster. Don't pee. Yes. Nice. All right. He's got that tag in there. He's got it. I'm kind of mad that after 61 episodes, we've now found our theme song. I know. Well, our first segment every week is where we share something that we are excited about. David, I'm looking across at you. What are you excited about this week? I have a selfish one. I have submitted and had it accepted my proposal for my PhD. So I am officially doing a PhD starting this fall. Junior Dr. David. Junior Doctor. Wait, is that what they call me? Mm Because I'm going to quit if that's A doctor in the wings is a junior doctor. (laughs) And then you'll be a resident? Uh, yeah. A registered nurse. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. okay. Regardless of field, it is registered nurse. Oh, until you get I your doctor, what an is that right? was. And, and then I'm just a normal doctor. Okay. And where are you registered at? Yeah, where where is your PhD? Bed Bath and Beyond. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> so we'll we'll get the listeners a link. Yeah, we will to thank Bed Bath and Beyond <laughs> to your registry. <laughs> That's exciting, David. Thank Congratulations. You. Thank you. Thank you. That's so exciting. Foster, what are you excited about? Ooh, I am excited. <laughs> And I'm not stalling. I remember what I was going to say. <laughs> That's good. Um, a- a- as of this record, um, I'm I'm in an improv group uh, here in Kansas City, and um, we're back, baby. And uh, yeah, this Saturday I'm going to be performing. It's the grand reopening of the KC Improv Company. That's really exciting. And so you know, I'm just excited to perform again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that last bit didn't make you. <laughs> Just know right away. <laughs> we are with uh, professional improvers in our midst. So in our midst, midst. gorillas in the mist, in the midst. Ooh, I call Diane Fossey. <laughs> no, she dies. Oh, spoilers. <laughs> well, that's really exciting. That's really exciting. I I want to be Amy from Congo. <laughs> Amy Adams. Yeah. Get, get the Margaret. Are you hosting? Get the yeah, show I'm on the road. Hosting. Camden, what are you excited about? Um, I picked up a bird. Give more context, yeah, please. please. <laughs> and then chucked it at a window. <laughs> Go where you belong. So we've been um helping Margaret's family move, or some of her family move, and every time we get there, there's okay, this, twice, twice. Every time, uh, the last two times, <laughs> we got there. There's been this baby bird on the ground. Like a baby bird. Like a baby bird. Like the stick their neck out, like crying because they want to be fed mm-hmm. kind of bird. So you tagged it the first time to make sure it was mm-hmm. the second yeah, cap- the same one. Capture and re- wait, mark and recapture. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we did that. Mm-hmm. And it was the same one. Um, but so I have not worked in a zoo like David and Margaret, you have. Mm-hmm. And so um, in a zoo. the only reason did I you was. really? Wait, really? No. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Just to be included. I'm sorry to destroy your all your your momentum. Wait, really? Uh, so I was only brought into this escapade because Margaret was the Not brains, but I was the height. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the because height. we found the nest and I could reach it. I can't. Reach so it. Margaret, with her tutelage, taught me how to pick up a bird and ah. put it back in a nest. Okay. Can you give us a quick verbal description of how to pick up a bird? Because I don't and, know that I know how. To and does it involve a dustpan? Um. Oh wait, first... a towel. Well, I kept it pretty simple, and okay. I may have. Th- I'm not saying this is the exact right way to do it, but I, if you, if listeners remember from an episode a long time ago, you don't have to be afraid to touch a baby bird. Their their parents don't care about right. their scent of. Us the misconception or was that if you touch it, They'll the reject. parents know they, and are like, nope. No, that's not true. That's not. True. I've heard that with rabbits, but I think that's also not true. I don't know about rabbits. Um, <laughs> we can't vouch for that. <laughs> they're too. <laughs> Hasn't fast been tested to pick on up. the show. Um, but you you basically 
just they're more resilient than you think they are you can gently pick them up and this baby bird fit in the palm of camden's hand so you just gently make sure that you've got this is great radio on their butt or at least behind their butt so they can't fall out of your hand that way and then you've got your thumb around their little wings so they can't fall out that way and then you just gently pick them up put them back in the nest Mm. or at least camden did because again I'm, i'm too short cute um, but I felt accomplished, mm-hmm. and Margaret helped me save a life. Except That's you right. did it; you had to do it twice. Well, the first time well. we did a shoebox, uh, and that worked okay. Well, and no, brought it inside f- or something. No, no the no. issue is the second time it also jumped out mm-hmm. again, mm-hmm. and so I had to put uh, it back up again. Yep. Ah. Uh, yeah. Okay. It had nothing so not I think to do with bird. how I put it back. We really hope that next year maybe the parents build higher walls. Nest walls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lesson to bird parents everywhere. That's right. Hope That's you're listening. Build that wall <laughs> of nests. <laughs> Margaret? That's exactly what we mean. On that transition. Uh, I, speaking of animals, I'm very excited because it is my dogter's eighth month birthday dog today. Ter- my dogter satchel, Satchel Paige. It's her eighth month birthday. And we're celebrating by recording in an empty <laughs> studio where she can't go. <laughs> no, we. she had a play date today. She she had a great she had a great day. Um, so she's just getting so big. <sighs> Very proud of her. So nice. Happy that's birthday what I'm excited about. to the dog that isn't here. <laughs> I'll tell her. Okay. I'll tell her. Happy birthday, Satchel. Um, well, great. I'm glad we're all excited. And I think there's. I just don't know. I feel this little extra energy in the room because we haven't recorded with anyone. Oh in yeah. Person this is our for so long. This is so our first so post-COVID live. Hmm. Absolutely. recording and uh i have no idea how it's going to sound but we are in a studio together yes we are yes, we, we are, are looking each other in the eyes we are on oh, professional mics mm-hmm. there's a guy um playing tambourine in the corner that's david his name's david oh <laughs> i'm right here why do you have a tambourine all that jazz i'm oh. david all that jazz martinez um and i'm rick <laughs> We don't know who Rick is. Yeah. He's <laughs> he, not playing. Anything. He was here when we got here. <laughs> um, well, we are going to get into our next mis- or our next segment, and that's called "What's That Sound?" Uh, David, could we have the theme song for that, please? Great, thank you so much. That's great. Um, so, "What's That Sound?" is in keeping with the spirit of the show, meaning that I found a sound this week, and you all don't know what it is. Um, and so, I'm going to play it here for you now. You're going to guess what you think it is that you're hearing. All right. All right, what do we think? Um, Werewolves of London. I feel like there's an obvious answer. Did you say it's a clash song? A klaxon. Oh. A clash song. It is. Inadvertent. I I believe that was Rock the Casbah. Um, uh, I think that is Academy Award winning film Crash. <laughs> Involves a lot of police and science. Yeah, I, did I decided like to get. Sirens. I decided to move away from the sciency world and just did, I just played a clip of a film. Everything science. That's true. Um, everything is science. It sounds like police sirens that are being wailed out by an animal. Okay, David, what do you think that animal is? I feel like you you have a look in your eyes that says, "I know what this is." You I can, mean, I I. It, I've the the sound came from very far away from me, mm-hmm. but I feel like it had to have been a canine, a bunch of canines howling, mm-hmm. or ma- at least not howling, but like making sounds. Like it, like Agreed. it almost reminded me of New Guinea singing dogs that can change the pitch of their howl. Okay, do you want to hear it one more time? Yeah. Maybe cats, maybe sick cats, but I'm I'm gonna stick with New Guinea singing dogs or something very similar. Okay. I want to add on to it. Go ahead. I think we are in a city because I'm pretty sure Foster is right that those are sirens of some kind, mm-hmm. and I think these are like city dogs. So I'm gonna go coyotes or coyotes, coyotes, like wailing along to a Not siren whales. going by, wh- whale, wailing, wailing. <laughs> Coyotes. Coyotes. Whalen Coyotes. <laughs> New band name. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> that's really good. Um, Foster, do you have a final guess? Um, I think it's the scene with <laughs> <laughs> Michael Douglas and Catherine Zeta-Jones. It's a lot of... Uh, no, I my, my first thought is, yeah, this is some kind of uh, canine, like David was saying. Mm-hmm. My, I, I thought hyenas mm-hmm. initially, mm. but 
I know very little about our, the natural world, so I don't know. Foster you... lives in an entirely artificial one. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. It, it, you, you take a look at me. Like We've entered unnatural. I mean, we are in a cube of sorts. So you all are absolutely spot on. It is a pack of coyotes Ooh, in an uh, urban environment. So you hear nice. the sirens, you hear the coyotes. I thought about this because my uncle was visiting, and he's from western Kansas, and he lives on a couple acres, and he said that at night he can hear two different packs of coyotes like wandering through his land, and it echoes off the oh. area around. And I thought, like, what does wow. that sound like? So, is there something about the fact that they're doing it at the same time as the sirens? Like, is there an imita- imitation? I don't know. I'm thinking of that. Have you seen that YouTube video of like a golden retriever hears a, a police car go by and mm. then just starts like completely mimicking the sound? No. It is adorable. Good for him. Oh my gosh. I can play I mean, it for that, you after this. It episode. might be that. It might be that. Um, but I've also been hearing a lot about how people are seeing more and more coyotes in neighborhoods recently. And just a quick reminder that. If you leave them alone, generally they will be fine. And if you don't want them to come around, don't leave food out. Like, don't leave food for your for outdoor cats. They don't even have outdoor cats. Um, but they are around us. They live in urban areas, and that's okay. They're, they, doing, they're doing fine. They have access to um, um, Acme um, <laughs> yes, products, yes. and uh, they, leave not, them be. They're not looking for you. They're looking for a tall roadrunner like yeah. bird um yeah. although that's that's a misconception too that's not what a road and while they can like. handle a lot of pain and deformation <laughs> we don't want to do no. permanent damage exactly yeah. exactly exactly yeah please don't bring any anvils around them <laughs> um great job everybody great job so now we're gonna head into the main segment of the show which of course are the misconceptions so every week we discuss a new scientific misconception we talk about it together and we haven't heard what the other co-hosts' misconceptions are. We're all listening to it along with you. And this week, Foster and Camden and I are going to do a misconception. David's been banned for one no. episode. <laughs> no, yeah. David's, David's here He's to just... He's serving that penalty. You got a red card. Along. Is this just to make Brooke feel better? Oh. She will be glad that you yeah. didn't do that. There okay. is a leaderboard. <laughs> well, Foster also hear. needs to like step stool his way onto the leaderboard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because... Mm-hmm. the first timers club. Yeah. Because Brooke... Watch out. (laughs) (laughs) You got more competition now. She's scared. I can tell. Um, So, since David, you're commenting, I'm going to have you think of a number between one and 10. Okay. And whisper it to your uh, water bottle so that you're held accountable. Okay, that's enough. That's sorcery. Um, And. Parcel time. Yeah. (laughs) Whoever gets closest wins. So, Camden. What's your guess? Between one and ten. Uh-huh. Seven, duh. Oh, Foster? Uh, two. I'm going to say nine. The number two. was two. Wow. Whoa. So Foster gets to go first. Wow. What did you I say? said seven. I said nine. So then, okay. Then me. Here Foster we go. Foster came in. Me. Now, right. just in case I totally botch this. You won't. Can we... Do you feel comfortable taking out the previous segment? Mm-hmm. And, or we can redo it. <laughs> So that someone else can go first. <laughs> no, nope. you got it. Okay. You got it. <laughs> I once tried this on Margaret. She did one that was really like poignant and like, I just had a good Thank theme. You so much. And mine was like, uh, Are farts real? If you burp too loud, it hurts. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think I should go before you anymore. And she was like, Nope, has to stay. It's too late. It's too um, late. You got it. I've got, okay, my misconception. Let me let me give you a little auditory landscape. Oh. Okay. I'm gonna close my eyes for this. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, um. Finish him. Fatality. <laughs> Flawless victory. Headshot. Headshot. Waka 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 waka. <laughs> I thought I knew what it was gonna be, and now I don't. Uh, my misconception is concerning video games. Uh. See, I thought for a moment that you had brought an 80s style video game in yeah. here such was the realism of those sounds well thank you so much i thought it was a shakira related thing <laughs> I, why because i because i walk a walk <laughs> we gotta get this under control um so uh my misconception is um and, and please interrupt me if i'm doing something wrong i i i we don't we don't speak during your part yeah we, oh i just we go yeah no I we just, do okay we'll commentate and i mean 
the worst that can happen is again you get a one episode ban like David did. <laughs> I can I can live with that. That's fine. Um, so this is my misconception is concerning uh, video games specifically. Um, is there a correlation between mm. violence in video games oh. and mm. ag- aggressive behavior? I've heard okay. of this. Okay. Yes, you hear this a lot. You hear, you this, hear a lot. this a lot. Um, you know, it's um, as listeners might know. You know, this I think started to come about. Um, you know, around like the early '90s, when violence mm-hmm. in video games they started to, or, or games started to become more mature. Mm-hmm. So we're talking like Doom and Mortal Kombat and etc. Right, the first time you see like, you know, pixelated blood. Right. And of course, yes. now if you go and play yeah, the original, to it. the original <laughs> Mortal Kombat, you're like, okay, whatever. Yeah. This is silly. Um, but you know, uh, you know, parents were kind of freaking out. Mm-hmm. Policymakers were freaking out. And then, of course, you know, we're, we're, gosh, we're having so much fun. I hate to bring up, you know, that the tragedies that happen, mm-hmm. you yes. know, you know, specifically in the United States, mm-hmm. you know, we're not alone. And um, the idea, the question is there, you know, is, is there causality right. with violent video games? And mm-hmm. I and I did some research and uh, I'm here to, to, to talk about it. I'm really, really excited okay. to hear what you found. Go, Can oh. I blame all of my anger on the video games that I played? Um, we'll see. Hold on. We'll see. It's on the next page. <laughs> okay. <laughs> No. Oh, dang. Uh, sorry, David. Uh, okay, so I'm going to try it. <laughs> I'm going to try and keep it concise. Um, but uh, I, I did some research, and there's some really interesting studies that have been done, you know, since this kind of came to light. Um, there's a bunch of studies done in, like, the 2000s, early 2000s, throughout the 2000s, and I just kind of wanted to bring up how they were measuring aggressiveness mm. with their participants. So sometimes they had what was called, like, a competition study, um, this was after they played the video games. They would have like a, a competition or say that they were competing with somebody in another room. Mm. Okay. A light would turn on and you would press like a button like and, and turn a dial. Mm-hmm. And you would and, you, and the idea was you got to the light first, turned the dial and blasted the other person with white noise. Oh. oh. And so then they were measuring like how loud are you turning the dial? Mm-hmm. And the idea, oh. and to see if there's a correlation. And that's, that's the like end, aggression. Yeah. And, that's it, the end of yeah. and they thought they were doing this to a real person. Yeah, I don't believe they were. Mm-hmm. And this yeah. was immediately following playing a video game? That's a good question. I don't know what the okay. time frame was okay. after they finished playing. But they knew they were people who played video games. Mm-hmm. Yes. In some yeah. Okay. okay. Um, sometimes they would do something like a word story completion. I'll just give you a quick example. Like, um, you know, how does this story end? Or they would have like a word that starts with M and some blanks and you had to murder. fill in the letters. Murder. So <laughs> like, that's, yes. Yeah. If they yeah. put in murder or if they put in mother, mm. they kind of measure that. Mm-hmm. And here's one that was really interesting is they call it the, the hot sauce paradigm. What? And so the participants would put hot sauce in a cup. <laughs> Oh, this I is don't a, like where this, this is going. Is a, this is apparently a real thing. Are we talking Cholula? Are we talking Sriracha? Nationally oh. funded science. Here we go. And um, they were told that like somebody who hates spicy food is going to have to drink this. And so the measurement there, the var- the variable is how much hot sauce is going to be in this cup. It's it's bizarre. That's uh, like a just like short Schadenfreude. How did I say that right? Schadenfreude. Mm-hmm. Give us like two right? more takes. Schadenfreude. And now in English. Higher, higher. <laughs> That's just mean. That's so mean. <laughs> it really is. I Again, I don't think anyone did drink the sure. sauce. But it was just measuring how willing yeah. were they Yeah, exactly. The, the NSF was like, you can do it up to when the sauce is drank, mm-hmm. and then we can't find <laughs> this anymore. Um, okay, so I'm going to give you an example. So a lot of these did show... Um, like a like a like a positive correlation, mm-hmm. it was just very kind of small. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll give you a very specific example. In 2014, one of the studies pitted um, players who were playing Call of Duty versus people playing Little Big Planet Two, mm-hmm. which, which is one of the best party games. Party yes. games, right? It's it's amazing. I think it's better than Mario Party. And okay, Mario well, Party. okay. We're, wow, we're wow, working wow. on stuff with Nintendo. So oh, maybe we oh. Don't. <laughs> I love all consoles. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, well. Put that at the front of the show, <laughs> and and this and this was using the hot sauce test. Okay, uh, they found that those who played TM. Ho- who, play, who, played, who played it's a great game. The hot sauce test. <laughs> awesome. It's in sixty four. If you played it, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. that's cross platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They ported it to they brought it to, to the Switch. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and, and they found that those who were playing Call of Duty, you did use more hot sauce. Um, now, okay. now here's the issue with this study and some of the other ones is that um, the level of violence in the game is not the only variable. 
or they're not accounting right. for uh, one thing that came up specifically was level of difficulty mm-hmm. mm. because that can make someone frustrated and make someone yes. act oh, out. That's I have true. I have wanted to break things after playing Super Mario, which yes. famously no blood. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I think any puzzle game for me, especially, has made me want to throw my phone Tetris. way more than. Yeah, Tetris. No, I'm, I have murdered yeah. people oh. over Tetris. I shouldn't be saying this. Uh, mothered people. <laughs> I have mothered. <laughs> I have hugged them so tight. Um, it's so funny you bring up Tetris because one study did uh, uh, create a super hard Tetris. Like they messed with the game, oh. and that resulted in aggressive behavior. Yeah. Whoa. So, um, um, and another one using Wolfenstein 3D. This was back in 2000. There was there was a statistical significance um, using that white noise um, method, but that extra aggressive behavior only averaged to about the blink of an eye. So the people who were quote unquote aggressive mm. were only tur- were only like holding that dial longer, averaging a blink of an eye. So okay. less than a second, right? Or much less than a second. So um, the the issue here, and there's like a new study that um, I'm going to talk about in a second. There's a theory, or, or they're they're using the general aggression model, these these older studies, mm-hmm. um, and that idea is that if um, I'll be look here, that repeatedly acting on aggressive impulses may push people toward becoming permanently more aggressive. Mm. So, for example, the more times that a person acts out, the more accessible the violent responses become, and the more likely that they'll act violently in the future. Uh, like sure. it becomes habituated. Exactly. Basically. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, and it changes like their personality. But this newer study that we're going to talk about in just a second um, concludes that, that that model, the general aggression model, is, is not uniform, and other analyses uh, provide evidence that, that, the, that the framing is incomplete and possibly flawed, mm-hmm. sure. So, which is kind of interesting. Okay. I'm curious about the white noise thing as a marker of, like, like this is how you get at someone. They're going to sleep play white so noise. good. We're going to remind them of the days when not every program was back-to-back on television. We're going to make them listen to ASMR of ocean water. We're going to shush them for long periods of time. Um, And so uh, there's this – let me find my place here. Okay, so I found this article, uh, a newer article. And by the way, this stuff that I was talking about came from – Yes, citing this source. um, uh, JCFS Chicago. It's it's an organization called (laughs) – HTTPS colon backslash backslash. (laughs) Uh, Response for teens. This came from a a clinician, uh, a mental health expert uh, dealing dealing with adolescents. So this article from The Guardian, um, the headline is – Playing video games doesn't lead to violent behavior, Uh-oh. study shows. Uh-huh. So here in 2020, when this article comes out, there are researchers working with uh, New Zealand's Massey University, mm-hmm. and they conducted a meta-analysis uh, using 28 studies that looked at this link between aggressive behavior and video gaming and found a statistically significant but minuscule positive correlation, mm-hmm. uh, uh, according to the article, below the threshold required to count as um, a small effect. Mm-hmm. So nothing significant there. And then uh, finally, um, I, I, I teased this study earlier. This is from uh, Royal Society Open Science. Uh, the study was conducted in 2018. And it's really interesting. They studied UK teens mm-hmm. um, ages 14 and 15. The sample size was, was about uh, 1,000 oh, youngsters. Oh, a lot of teens. Yeah. And it, it, the goal was, of course, as we're talking about, trying to find that relationship between the amount of, vi- of violent video ga- video gameplay. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna take that again. Uh, the study, <laughs> and then I can't laugh if I do that. Um, so this study wanted to find the relationship between the amount of violent video gameplay and the extent to which their parents judge their behavior as aggressive oh. during that time. And so that what's 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 interesting? Ripe for variables. <laughs> yeah. He's not violent, but that room is dirty. <laughs> and I want you to come down here because I think he'll you listen know what? to you. The way he said, I love you, mom, came off a little harsher now that he's played <laughs> Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. Um, and so it's it's interesting because it's using, um, um, you know, getting reporting from the parents, but also mm-hmm. the teens are self-reporting as well Okay, yeah. and using that. And they're using... Um, Violent game content based on the uh, European Union rating system and the North American. Mm-hmm. Um, North American is, uh, I think, ESRB. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Does yeah. that sound right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the European is PEGI, P-E-G-I. Oh. Right. Um, and the conclusion, as you might guess, 
Here's a quote. These results did not support our prediction that there are statistically significant links relating violent gaming to adolescents' aggressive behavior. So no link there. Wow. Yeah. Well, I think that that makes a lot of sense. I think that when when these things happen, because you were mentioning like the big tragedies, people want something easy to blame. Like, yep. Let's not address mental health in this country. Let's not address like these really deep-seated issues that will take many, many steps and many, many years to fix. Let's ban this one thing, and that will get yeah. rid of it, and that's that's why it happened, the end. Well, it's kind of like how D&D became like a boogeyman, right, for like oh, Satanism yeah. and mm-hmm. things like that. And, mm-hmm. But you can easily find so many other violent forms of entertainment that mm-hmm. don't get blamed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, How about like real world conflict? Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, and like you were saying, Foster too, and David, you mentioned this, but like how hard it would be to eliminate all the variables in that, like how their parents perceive them. Yeah. Are these the type of kids who were violent anyway? And then they just played these games, you know? It would mm-hmm. be so hard to eliminate all the variables. The elements about the game. Yeah. That, the elements about like, the game. Like that fit in divide. Like, like Kirby eats everything mm-hmm. he comes across and absorbs its power. Mm-hmm. That sounds pretty violent and demonic yeah, to me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, and, yeah. And, and he's think, happy the entire time. Yeah. Smiling the entire time. <laughs> and, it, and I'm sure this the researchers found this too, but it sort of discredits as a you know, as a science educator, it sort of discredits children's ability to tell reality yes, from... Yes, that's a really good point. You know, not reality. Fiction. Like, yeah. fiction. Right, think, right. Like, you can... Well, especially in the 90s, but even today, like, even as video games become more realistic, like, we know we're playing a game. Um, it'll be interesting to see what we, where we go with the world of virtual reality mm-hmm. and things like that. But, yeah, I, I'm sure that's a part of it, too, that you know you're not doing something real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I, I think and, and what I gathered also too with my research, and I think everyone mostly would agree is that, you know, even though there's not like a direct, you know, link, mm-hmm. like you're not gonna show like rated R movies to like your no. seven year old no. or something, or you shouldn't, like my parents did. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it sounds like like kind of what Margaret was saying that there are bigger issues at stake. One of which that the work that we don't want to do is mm-hmm. very telling in this misconception, right? Like including maybe parents having difficult conversations mm-hmm. with their children about the games that they're mm-hmm. playing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. There's a lot of hard work and it's easier to just pinpoint one thing. Yeah. Take it away. So I don't know if I, if, if this, you're banned. I, I, I am banned. <laughs> okay. I wanted to, I wanted to just get that out of the way. Um, uh, I, I brought a little piece of audio. Oh, if, oh. if that's okay. Right, right. If, Is if, it an obscure piece of audio? You know, you could you could call it that. Mm. No, it's you're gonna know exactly where it's from. Um, I'm so excited. Is it, it different from the audio you played at the beginning? I think that was a voiceover. Can't remember. That was just him doing a voice. No, that would require a professionally trained voice actor to do that. <gasps> me 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 me. <laughs> Rick, I told you, not now. Y'all want a snapple? <laughs> He's been asking us this. Off and on for the last hour. It's obviously been opened. <laughs> yeah, I'm not comfortable. I'm not yeah, sure. You can it's see the little bubble up top. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I did have another thing here, but um from uh from like a Secret Service report, mm. but it's back from from 2002. I don't know how. This is this is, this is from how the Secret Service are, are you? spending their time. Yep. Should we be okay? Read it. I'm scared. Yeah, tell us. Uh, my my surname is Assange. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Great. That's your your maiden name. Yes, that's right. That's right. No, um, it was just talking about. Uh, this was from 2002. Of course, you know uh, this was uh, not too long after Columbine mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, and and other um, you know tragedies. And and so they examined um, mass shootings, um, and they found some from some interesting stuff. I didn't have time to to read the whole thing, but here's a, here's a quick breakdown about uh, from the report. They said. Um, there is one common type of, of interest in violence here. Oh, I'm sorry. There was no one common type mm. of interest oh, okay. in violence. Excuse <laughs> me. Uh, instead, the attacker's interest in violent themes took various forms. Mm. Uh, approximately one quarter of the attackers had exhibited an interest in violent movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, one quarter had, had an interest in violent books. One eighth of the attacker, attackers did exhibit an interest in violent video games. Mm. And the largest group of attackers, uh, about 37%, 
um, had an interest in violence in their own writings, um, such as poems, essays, mm. and, and journal entries. So I guess the question becomes, how does how do those stats compare just against the average overall exactly. for any human? Exactly. Right, right. right. Okay, that that was voice. excellent. You are you not say... banned. I, I hold the final decision. Yes. I, I, say ah. no. I say no. I've overridden it. Council has spoken. All right, Camden. All right. I'm looking to earn my very first ever ban. Oh, Bolts. we don't have to look to do so it. So let me paint you a picture. I have, I'm a little worried I'm going to get banned within the first paragraph. <laughs> do we Go close ahead. our eyes? Yeah. Okay. Oh. Okay. We're all closing our eyes. You wake up in your bed. You're a little groggy. Um, maybe you got up a little late, earlier than you wanted to, but overall, it's a bright, sunny morning, sort of squinting. You walk clumsily to your bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, got to pee. And you got to pee. Everyone does. So you go to pee. You're Again, it's groggy. It's dark in your bathroom. I'm so scared. Uh, you miss a I little. Turn on the light? You get a little pee on your hands. Ugh. On my hands. But it's okay. <laughs> because urine is sterile. Sterile. Oh, wait. Is that a misconception? Foster, you jumped on that. Oh, yeah. Do people think this? People, people think, think urine, urine is sterile. sterile. Mm-hmm. People think it. People drink it. <laughs> and. I saw 127 hours. <laughs> Foster, oh, I'm glad I, I brought this to you. Thing to talk about and about. I know Margaret. Has brought her own thoughts about urine. We'll get into all of that here. Hold on. Apparently, David, this is just for you. Is oh urine goodness. sterile? Mm-hmm. Here we go. Okay. How is urine made? You drink or what is, water. What is in urine? China. I, should I just drink my water very yeah. close mm-hmm. to the mic yep. here? Let's get a. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I wasn't ready for the first part of that. This just became the ASMR, don't pee on your leg. Yep. Don't, we're really water. putting the pee. We're putting the don't pee back into. Don't pee on, pee your, on leg. your leg. You drink a lot of water and it goes into your bladder and it gets, it, your bladder, basically, it, it, your pee is what's been filtered through your body. Yes. So you eat and drink things. Mm-hmm. Confirmed, David? Yes. Confirmed. Confirmed. I okay. have just done so. Junior Dr. David? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's just eating little acorns. Over yeah, there. <laughs> it's not human food. All right. Um, it's so never, yeah. it's never too early pre- to prepare for winter. <laughs> you know, you've always said that, but I never really knew what you meant. <laughs> My cheeks were huge. Was that not obvious? <laughs> I thought it was a thing you had. <laughs> the mumps. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I've been vaccinated. <laughs> um, so <Can> please, <laughs> I'm get sorry. it together. Please get it together. Um. So you eat things and you get nutrients out of it, but not everything in what you eat and drink is something that your body is going to use. Uh, it will get absorbed into, well, so it's going to go through your digestive system. Um, if it's a solid piece of waste, we all know where that ends up. Toilet. Toilet. Well, it all ends <laughs> up in the toilet. Do you poop and pee? Toilet. Toilet. Okay, good. I'm a toilet woman myself. <laughs> A hole in the ground. (laughs) A latrine. All right. Uh, So poop, solid waste. Um, But pee, what is pee? So that is the, as we absorb out liquids and whatever nutrients we want out of the food and things that we're drinking, um, that will get filtered out of our blood through our kidneys. For everyone who wondered what those two little dangly things in the back in your back were for. Are they dangling? Well, eh, everything's dangling. In it's some just, respect, In yeah. some sort of, we're dangling in air. They're dangling in. We're all just one <laughs> snip away from collapsing into a heap of organs. <laughs> think about that. Um, we're going to get an explicit warning on yeah. this, I think. Um, so, yeah, your kidneys filter your blood, uh, filters the nutrients out of that. That uh, filtered blood gets distilled into what is then urine which is stored in your bladder until mm-hmm. you get rid of it mm-hmm. um so which is again why you need your kidneys because it filters your blood keeps your blood clean so your urine usually mostly water and then it's a, all of the stuff your body doesn't want anymore it has filtered it out that is why it got rid of it same as poop your body didn't want that anymore it's gone like you could say the kidneys are like nature's uh, panhandler yes <laughs> Like an old prospector in an Alaskan <laughs> stream in the 1880s. Ah, dang it. Yes. Gold! <laughs> Piss! 
I don't know if I can say that. Why is he podcast. equally as excited about <laughs> about the piece? He was holding it we'll for a while. We'll that one. Uh, no, yeah. The, so the gold your body keeps, but the other little stuff that gets sifted out <laughs> is what gets lost as urine. Fool's gold. What a gorgeous metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> the, the true most elegant metaphor. <laughs> so it's uh, some salts and potassiums and other ions and things that your body doesn't want anymore. Um, a big thing your body is also getting rid of is excess nitrogen. So you may not have ever thought about this. Your body gets a lot of nitrogen um, pretty naturally, but especially from anything that has protein in it. Um, And so nitrogen though is, can be very dangerous if you have too much of it in your body. Uh, So getting rid of it, uh, in the form of urine or urea, which mm-hmm. is like the compound in urine that has all the nitrogen stored in it, is really helpful. If your kidneys don't work, if you, anyone ever wondered why it's dangerous to not have a kidney, um, you can't filter your blood. You get high levels of nitrogen. It can form ammonia in your body and can basically lead to lots of organs failing. Mm-hmm. Nitrogen is not good. Is that at all tied to jaundice? Uh, making that up jaundice isn't that like a high buildup of ammonia Ooh, i shouldn't have said anything <laughs> kevin's quickly googling listen and, can i just say something real fast go ahead those john wick movies <laughs> i i don't like them jaundice <laughs> in, in, in terms of founding fathers john adams Worst not my one. favorite Worst one. jaundice <laughs> so jaundice is a bile issue oh yeah so okay. from not processing bile <clears throat> which i'll talk about bile here in a second oh yay and, and please don't feel free to cut my entire mic oh <laughs> at billy any time Rubin. sorry like, billy rubin i forgot that's the thing that's the well bile related ah stuff. so we're getting yeah we're gonna get into some of these things cool. so i i say all the thing about nitrogen is so our bodies evolved needed to evolve a way to get rid of nitrogen excess nitrogen in our body um Casually, it was also described to me once as why uh, protein powders are just expensive urine mm-hmm. because that's a lot of extra nitrogen you're putting in your body. Your body doesn't want all that nitrogen, so it's just pushing it all back back out. Mm-hmm. Um, expensive urine. Not that I'm getting on people who take protein powders. It's just we did a misconception a while ago. Most people get all the protein they need on their daily diet. They don't need extra protein. I love the way you said that with SAS, though, like... Protein powder is just expensive urine expensive with a hair flip. Well, I did. Did you not wonder why I had these extensions in? <laughs> <laughs> so now you know. Um, so anyway, getting rid of nitrogen is good. Fun facts about nitrogen. <laughs> Here we go. A sentence please, please, that has never been said. David, please, play uh, the, please put it. Yeah, please put a musical stinger. Play the nitrogen here. theme song. <laughs> Nitro, Jan. Nitrogen. So getting rid of it's good. You don't want it built up in your body. Urea is the way that we get rid of nitrogen as mammals. All of us here at this table are mammals. Perfect. Thank you. And even if one of you is an amphibian, they get rid of it through urea too. Damn. So got you that way. <laughs> we're all, I mean, we're all humans <laughs> here. He says with webbed fingers. <laughs> Ooh, it's, it's, it's hot out. <laughs> um, fish get rid of it by just getting rid of ammonia. So they throw ammonia out into the, most fish throw ammonia out into the water. And... Birds and most reptiles use uric acid. Mm, yes. Because I've brought you a double misconception, one of our favorite ones. Whoa. What is the white stuff that gets on your car? It's not poop. That you don't want. It's pee. bird poop. It's it's, it's that it's that acid that you just said. Yes, uric acid. <laughs> it's like talking to my students. They're like, I know this is a trap. But I, you can't really classify it as either poop or pee, right? Because it's like that's all that birds. It's excrete. all together. It's just yes. their waste. Yeah. Mm-hmm. David like is technically correct. The worst kind of correct. <laughs> I stole that from Futurama. I can't claim that. Um. So, yes. Bird poop is bird pee and poop. It is uric acid. So if you ever look, the white stuff is uric acid, which is getting rid of the ammonia. And then the darker stuff, if you've ever really stared at bird poop, the darker stuff is what you would classically call the poop. Not to get all scientific, I don't think you would have had to stare at bird poop to know there's a light part and a dark part. 
I think Margaret is too close to birds. You are an, a bias source. You just told us how to rescue them. Yeah. All right. Uh, so anyway, getting into that urine, getting rid of all that stuff. What do we think? Is urine sterile? No. I'm not going to ask anyone to disclose medical information. Um, we can kind of bust this it. right away. <laughs> I've got David a, wants to. I've got a sample right here. <laughs> That's I had you, jaundice as a baby. I okay. knew that wasn't I'm, Snapple. That's I'm what you worried <laughs> that you all had a urine sample ready too fast. What I was actually going to ask about that, so put those away, oh. is a urinary tract infection. If urine, What does it mean to be sterile, Junior Dr. David? Uh. Absolutely sure that there are zero pathogens in this. Yeah, there's no bacteria, little living things, pathogens mm-hmm. in it. Uh, a urinary tract infection sort of goes against what we'd ex- mm-hmm. suspect from a place that is sterile. Mm-hmm. Uh, if your urinary tract can get infected, even though it is only holding urine. Um, urine, that is probably a bit of a hole in this misconception. A 2014 study, I don't think I said any of my citations yet, John Hopkins Medicine, uh, UC San Diego Health in the Smithsonian uh, Channel Magazine. Okay. Smithsonian Magazine. <laughs> I watched watch a lot TV of videos about pee. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, oof, I've seen things. Uh, 2014 study showed <clears throat> through a process called Expanded Quantitative Urine Culture. I just wanted to say that. Say it again. <laughs> uh, expanded Quantitative Urine Culture. Found bacteria is in everyone's urine. Yep. Good and bad. Yep. Jackpot. Are you crying? There's <laughs> <laughs> a sneeze. I thought it was too. He's crying. So, it is not sterile. There is bacteria living, as is most of our body. There's bacteria, both good and bad. We've had that misconception before, too. Bacteria is not necessarily bad in your body. Um, so, with all of that, uh, Urine is not sterile. Colors, uh, we were just talking about, can be an indication, though, that because there are things in it um, of when you should be worried and when you should not be worried. Yellow. Why is our urine yellow? Uh, sulfur. I, <laughs> I mean, I actually, I don't know why I threw this to the audience. Uh, I'd be impressed if you knew it. I didn't know I this. I have no idea. I know, how, like, it gets... It shifts between yellow and clear because of mm-hmm. hydration. Mm-hmm. But yes. why is it yellow in the first place? Yellow. I don't great know. Great question. John so <laughs> all forms of <laughs> yellow is a great point. It's how diluted it is with water. Right. So if you've ever just like chugged a bunch of water or noticed you've just been drinking water, you'll notice it's pretty clear. Uh, if you haven't drank water to the point of even almost being dehydrated, it will turn very like dark, dark yellow. The yellow is from the presence of urobilin, which is a waste product from the breakdown of old red blood cells. Ah, and therein lies the bilirubin. I never thought about where our old red blood cells go. Uh, yes, and we make 2 million red blood cells every day. New ones. Wow. So that's why we are that's always... That's why I'm get- so tired. Yeah, I mean, just think <laughs> of it. You're just sitting down constantly <laughs> producing urine. Yeah, what are the labor Not laws urine, like? blood cells. Blood well, cells. And <laughs> get rid of the old ones, urine. <laughs> Um, so urine's the crematorium of, of wow. blood cells. Yes, yes. Huh. Uh, so the yellow, the fades, and then just the shades, like you said, is how hydrated you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, blues or greens are okay. It's probably because you ate something with a dye in it. Blues. I've heard of green. Blue. You can uh, get blue from like really crazy blue dye or wow. eating Smurfs classically, yeah. uh, scientifically, yes. Um, black is bad. Yeah, yeah, uh, I would say so. Bringing us back to bile, uh, that can indicate that's that like there's issue, bile right? or some kidney, gallbladder issues. And then red is also bad. Yeah, that indicates you probably have blood in your urine, which is not supposed to happen. Um, so <laughs> on that fun note, Foster, you said this at the very beginning. With all of that in mind, can you pull a hundred twenty-seven hours? I mean, I would say yes, because. What other choice do you have? And it was based on true events. So you can drink your urine. Oh, good. I mean, like, we're physically capable of it, sure. Yeah, Rick's nodding in the corner. (laughs) He's nodding too much. (laughs) Should you drink your urine? Not for fun. Why? Well, here's the other thing I was going to say that I've always thought is, like, even if your urine was, was sterile coming out of your body, it still has to, like, touch the outside of your body so it will it will immediately encounter an environment that may not be sterile 
So and it, it's not. What what is urine also made of too? Why would you not want to drink it? Uh, it's super nitrogen salty. and waste it's products. Salty and it's waste. It's just gonna dehydrate you. Yeah, you're gonna get dehydrated, mm-hmm. and it's the same reason people probably don't like the idea of eating their own poop. It's a waste product. Right. We're we're programmed to not do that. Yes. Also, well, like I'm so so. You haven't touched on like where the misconception came from. Why would people sterile? think that the inside of your body is like we know it's filled with bacteria? It's teeming. A, I couldn't find a direct like why people thought this. Mm-hmm. I don't I know if it's it. like a temperature thing. It tends to come out the temperature of your body, and so maybe people thought it was that. I think like, I can help a little bit idea. with this. Mm-hmm. I believe there's a line of dialogue from the film Kickball. It's always a movie where <laughs> Rip Torn is, oh, is coaching does. them. And he mentions, I think, drinking his own urine. He's like, it's sterile. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is true. And I don't think this misconception was around until 2004. <laughs> until that movie came out. The, the only scenario that I would drink my urine in, and there is one, Tell us. is if I knew I was going to die, not because I think it would save me, because I'd be like, I'm going to die anyway. I wonder what That's it tastes like. That's the last thing you want to do? Sure. I mean, if I'm in the desert and there's nothing else to do. So make a little sandcastle. Like, <laughs> like Foster said, 127 hours can be pulled. It is depending on how hydrated you are. It is mostly water. Usually, you could pull it off once or twice. After that, like you said, David, you're, you're just, just recycling it. You're recycling your own. It's getting filtered and filtered and filtered down. You will become incredibly dehydrated. Um, if you have the means to have water and you are not currently listening to this podcast and in a 127 hours situation. <laughs> Don't drink your urine. It's not sterile, and you could. And hurt it's yourself. not. It's not therapy either, because yeah, there I knew is... you'd come in with that. Thank you. <laughs> so, I like to look at weird uh, little wellness trends, and one of them is called uh, Orin therapy, which is drinking your own urine or putting it in your hair or soaking uh, your feet in it. Is, it. is this like a Gwyneth Paltrow thing? I don't think she's gone that far yet. Just maybe just because she hasn't read about it. Yeah. <laughs> But there is a guy, I mean, there, there are many people who think this is true, but there's a guy who I will include at the end of the episode because his name escapes me right now. But I follow him on Instagram because I got to know what he's up to. <laughs> and he he drinks and consumes his own urine every single day, every single day, and insists that it's the key to long life and clear skin yeah. and never needs to go to the doctor because that's the, like... He says it's like drinking from your own fountain. Oh. <laughs> banned. Just spit and catch it back in your mouth again. You're banned. I haven't even done mine. And now Foster's banned. <laughs> Wait, because you can't Foster? override it anymore. You guys have so many listeners now that are listening to this episode and being like, I can't drink my urine. I can't pee on my own leg with my urine. What am I supposed to if do? If our listener it? count drops to zero after this, I mean, there's other variables that might have gone into that, but... It might not not be because of right. what I just. I shared. thought it was all about pee stuff, like, <laughs> just based on the title. That's, Rick, is that why you came in here? <laughs> Rick, please, I don't want that Snapple. I know what it is now, um, but I'll include his name at the end of the episode in case anyone else wants to follow what he's up to. In case anyone wants wants to support him and give him more <laughs> views him. and follows. All right. Well, on that note, I will um, move on to my Bring misconception. <laughs> it does not have to do with pee um, at all actually wow whoa Um, (laughs) so my misconception um came about when i first started wearing contacts foster do you wear do you wear contacts sometimes uh no i I, i'm i'm new to glasses and i and i have yet to try contacts david do you wear you wear contacts sometimes Mm -hmm. yeah Cameron doesn't wear contacts. Well, I'm in I Foster's school of new to classes. New to glasses, yeah. So, David, you may be familiar with this misconception then as well, but there are so many things I found uncomfortable when I started wearing contacts, mm-hmm. um, putting them in, taking them out. My feet started hurting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that might be unrelated. Oh. Um, accidentally leaving them in when I slept, really uncomfortable. But I also was uncomfortable by a phenomenon that I had been warned about which was that if you're not careful, your contacts can get stuck in the back of your eye. Oh, my God. Have you heard this misconception? No, but now it's all I'm going to think about. There there were people at school. David just school. popped out his contacts. <laughs> there were people at school who said, oh, yeah, there was this person. They went to the doctor, and they found, like, five contacts in the back of her eyes that Wait, she found? just lost. Oh. Like were they, the, did the she die doctor. and they were digging around no, in there? No, no. I think, like, I think the idea was, like, the eye doctor did a – 
scan and found five contacts in the back of her eye. So I was terrified. My medical experience, you have five contacts in your eye. The eye is the couch cushion of the soul. That's what they say. That's the phrase. And we found a nickel. Um, So come to find out, I spent all that time worrying for nothing, which is the story of my life. Um, Because in fact, you can't get contacts stuck behind your eyes. So don't worry. David, breathe it out. Oh, it's going to take a long time if I can trust you again. <laughs> so my sources are my eye doctor, uh, the University of Rochester Medical Center, Bozeman Science, a TED-Ed called How Do Glasses Help Us See? Basics of Vision from Pacific University, and Dr. Gary Heitling in an article for All About Vision. So let's first talk about how we see and why some people, including all four of us here, uh, need corrective lenses of some kind in the first place. Uh, nerds. <laughs> so, <laughs> as you all probably know, light is really important when it comes to vision. Yeah. Um, there's reflection and there's refraction. Which one is more important to us in seeing things? Reflection. No. Is one's more important? Yeah. Uh, don't we use both? Well, we do. But I there's one that, that is You're particularly... You're talking before our eye or in, in the eye? In the eye. Oh. And it's something that glasses and contacts well, deal with. Well, you said no to refraction. refraction. It's refraction. Yeah. Refraction. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Foster. So, yes, reflection is when light bounces off of a surface. Refraction is when light bends. And it's the ability of something transparent like eyes or water or glass Refraction's to like the straw in the water. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think of it as like a, a like a concert where the lasers go mm-hmm. and like split in the smoke. Yeah. And they well, one out. of That's ours is too. a more common thing that happens. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to rock concerts America, tonight? you decide. <laughs> so the cornea and the lens of the eye are really important too. They're the two areas that move light in our eyes that hopefully work together to refract light and focus it right on the retina, which is in the back of our eye. It's that tissue that... Um, is sensitive to light. Someone went to the eye doctor recently. No, this was, I mean, I mean, I did. (laughs) (laughs) So, and then once it's back in the retina, the retina and the brain together help us see. But if the cornea and the lens aren't perfect and they aren't lined up well, if there's any issue that can cause that refracted light to focus where it's not supposed to, either in front of the, the retina or behind it. And that causes vision to appear blurry which we all probably have experience with Mm -hmm. um i learned that if the focal point of the eye is in front of the retina then that leads to myopia what does that mean anyone like nearsightedness oh i thought that was a constellation (laughs) (laughs) um it means yeah we can we can see close up but not far away myopic vision Mm. and then if it's behind the retina it's hyperopic which means you can see things far away but not close up and then astigmatism is when it's kind of unfortunately both. So oh. your cornea isn't sphere-shaped and you can't see things that are far away or nearby. And all of those things, of course, can be corrected with glasses or contacts. They refocus the light to hit the retina exactly. They move light to the right spot on the retina. Why do some people wear contacts over glasses? David, why do you sometimes wear contacts? Uh, I went to a long period I, I got glasses first and then I was like I'm gonna do contacts for a while and I did that for years mm-hmm. Yeah. and then I switched back to glasses just cause I wanted to be more hip I thought it looked cooler <laughs> and now very, I'm honestly lately I've been cool. missing contacts a lot but I, I've had a hard time finding contacts that feel good in my eyes so. mm-hmm. Yeah. but I, don't, I guess you switch back and forth just for convenience whatever mm-hmm. your lifestyle is like probably. yeah exactly yeah there are sometimes where I don't want to have to deal with like that peripheral around your glasses where you can't see well, now i'm aware of it say it again now i'm aware of that yeah, yeah. I mean, you didn't know sorry, until me sorry. too i, I can't unsee <laughs> no, it no, you know well, when glasses look straight sucked, ahead, everybody mask time masks oh. are a time where i definitely wore a lot of contacts yeah to avoid the fogging you know uh i i believe jesus famously had uh, astigmatism why you're thinking don't of do this oh, no. oh god <laughs> it, it, stigmatism i don't think I, it works <laughs> i I might have to reinstate Camden's ban. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like Margaret. shield up, shield up. <laughs> yeah, Margaret, you're unbanned. Do it. Mm. Banned. We'll see. We'll see. Um, and then there are of course rigid contact lenses and soft contact lenses. Most people now wear soft contact lenses. Can't imagine rigid ones. I, my oh. dad wears uh, rigid, like 
gas non-permeable, they're called. Oh my God. People with astigmatism used to have to wear rigid oh. contact lenses because the other ones didn't work for them. I learned that rigid contact lenses change the shape of your eye, and it takes a while for it to reshape back when you put your glasses back on. Oh, my God. Woof. But uh, rigid ones you presumably wear, like, long-term, right? I like, believe you kind of so. don't have to take them off, off ever. No, I think you have to take them off every day. Every day? Well, oh. I think so. Okay. I think so. Famously yeah. make your head heavier. <laughs> Why? You always have to factor that in when you weigh yourself on a scale. <laughs> Technically, solid. he's right. <laughs> <laughs> contact lens is matter. Yeah. matter has, Foster's, has try, Foster's trying to get into our good graces again. Um, 45 million Americans wear contact lenses, according oh, to that seems like University a of Rochester. It's yeah. a tenth of our country. I know. But that was fast math. That was like 400 ish million. Oh, mm. fast math. Can we have the theme song for fast math? Seven. I've got an abacus. Does Rick, <laughs> stop. <laughs> where, are the, where are these things coming from, Rick? Where are they stored? <laughs> so we've established why people need to wear contacts. So can they get trapped behind our eyes? No, it's not possible because there's the conjunctiva, which is the thin, wettish membrane um, on the surface of our eyelids, and that folds in on itself, and so nothing can get are you okay, Camden? Oh, no, it's very aware of my yeah. eyes right now. It's yeah. actually, it sounds grosser than it is. I've seen right. a picture of it, and it's like part of the muscles that mm-hmm. help move your eye and stuff, too. Yeah. Is right. that what gets infected in pink eye? Ew. Don't give any spoilers. Oh. You're right. You're absolutely right. But we'll get there. <laughs> um, yeah, so basically it folds It folds in on itself. Nothing can go back there. Yeah. Nothing can go back there, which is the point of it. It's it doesn't. You don't want dust or any bacteria or anything back behind your eye where you can't get to it. Because behind there, it's a sterile environment. Behind there is a sterile environment That's filled where with it urine. Is. Yeah. Um, so you can pee in there and then drink it. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. There are kids watching. So is the... he is he banned? <laughs> he's he's. Getting I'm already he's on cruising. my band. He's I'm, I'm okay. enjoying my. I band didn't right write now. into the bylaws to get banned while banned. <laughs> we'll write that in next time. It's a red card. So the conjunctiva um, keeps our eyes from getting dry. It's it's on our eyelids and our eyes. Keeps. Um, make sure they can easily open and shut. That's really important. Mm -hmm. And then, like I said, protects them from different things that could cause us issues. And you're right, Camden. We talked about this membrane when we talked about pink eye and farting on a pillow. Conjunctivitis. (laughs) Yes, because that's pink eye. Pink eye is when that conjunctiva gets inflamed um, and gets irritated. And as any contact wearer knows, a contact lens can get bumped or jostled it, it folds in half and Ugh, it kind yeah. of falls so down annoying. your face yeah i'm keeping these on or it can kind of disappear and that's when you get worried that it's going to go behind your eye but really it's more likely that it's just stuck in your upper eyelid are we all doing okay yeah foster's, foster's, foster's in general like, i'm not okay <laughs> i i i just i for the record it took me months and months and months if not years and years of contact wearing to like get used to all of these things yes. i hate putting them in my yeah. eye mm-hmm. i i do it i got used to it but it's there's a lot of awful things the first happen. day that i ever wore contacts in middle school we had our first sex ed lesson so i looked like i was just crying throughout <laughs> our entire <laughs> it does and i couldn't what? see <laughs> It was really bad. It was poor timing. The worst day to not be able to see <laughs> the diagram. I looked like I was crying. It was bad. Um, so don't worry if you do feel like you've got something stuck in your eye. If you can't find your contact lens, just you, I learned you can add a few drops of solution or rewetting drops to your eye and just kind of massage it. It should come out. Or you can kind of fold your fold your eyelid over. Yeah, that's why I was always. For it. I don't fold it, but I like push push on my eye from outside my eyelid not on the bare eye but from outside the eyelid i like push where i know the contact is hey y'all yeah stop (laughs) you're making him upset you know sometimes i do that thing with the toilet paper roll you know what i'm saying where you You turn it inside out yeah rick rick please we're almost done here it's like you got a hole in your hand (laughs) so Contacts, however, can damage your eyes if you don't take care of them properly. Like if you use them for longer than recommended, um, if you use water to clean them, don't ever use water to clean them. It's not good oh, for them. It's not okay. good for you. I, there's the misconception for me just now. 
David Swift using water. Oops. Um, I thought you could use that if you didn't have solution. No. Around. Oh no. Oh, uh, a double misconception. Uh, what are you supposed it. to do if you don't have solution around? Just I you're urine. Go blind. You're. All right, Foster's back here. Um, <laughs> please, back. please insert a, a high five sound. <laughs> we we couldn't quite reach over the table. <laughs> um, so there there are things to to be concerned about and to take care of, but getting a contact stuck in the back of your eye is not one of them. However, some people do have to worry about not having access to glasses or contacts, and as any of us know, that makes your life very very difficult if yeah. you can't see. Um, so if you, listener, want to help out and support access to eye care, you can go to onesite.org slash donate. OneSight is just one of many organizations working to provide people with corrective lenses that they need. I assume that's O-N-E-S-I-G-H-T. Yes. Thank you. Yes. OneSite.org slash donate. Thanks, Margaret. You're welcome. That wasn't too terrible. Foster, you okay? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm fine. I, I just won't probably be wearing contacts. <laughs> Anytime oh, yeah. soon. No, none of that convinced me. <laughs> I, it's just one less thing I think could happen to me. I, I will say contacts, once you get used to them, are pretty nice. They're real great. They're yeah. pretty nice. You don't have to but worry about, like, did I bring my prescription sunglasses to switch back and forth? Yeah. You know where it's, like, especially great is in a water situation, like a yep. pool, an ocean, mm-hmm. like if you're swimming. Thank you, you for those glasses. examples. You take off your glasses, yeah. you're blind. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> What's water? <laughs> Can you give me like no, a, that's very true, David. Scenario? Absolutely, like scuba diving. Yeah, you can get um, you can get kind of goggles. prescription goggles or, or like stickers things. that stick to your goggles, but you can also just swim with contacts. Yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah. So before ending each episode, we have a short segment where we share something that we've consumed, so listened to, watched, read, um, and let's just go in order of our misconceptions. Foster, what have you been? Yeah, um, I went to. I don't think I did a call to action. And so very quickly, I was just going to say, support indie game developers. Yeah. Uh, they're doing some really cool stuff. If you see someone doing something cool, throw them some money, buy yep. the game. Uh, I just consumed, I, I've been consuming uh, Pen15. Oh, season I've heard two. a lot of things. Mm-hmm. It is amazing. It's If you don't know, it's a, 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 basically a comedy about middle school where the two leads are played by like 30-year-old women. Wow. <laughs> playing middle schoolers and everyone else is that age. Wow. It's amazing. And it's like beautiful and like and it's so hilarious. I can't recommend it enough. It's on Hulu. Pen fifteen. Pen fifteen. Thank you. David, what are you consuming? Um oh gosh. I was trying to think of something good. Um I don't think I plugged it on this show before, but uh Alan Alda's podcast. Have I mentioned this before mm. on the show? Okay, it's called Does Clear he do and Vivid. Those? Yeah, he so he famously the host of well Mash, but also not the host of Mash. Sorry, <laughs> famously was on Mash, and then the host of Scientific Americans show for many many years. Mm-hmm. But then now he does. He's been in like the science communication world for a really long time, oh, yeah. and he has got a podcast called Clear and Vivid, um, in which he like interviews tons and tons of people, and it's always focused around uh, like how c- to communicate complex topics and things like that. And often it's a scientist, but it got so popular with scientists being on the show that they actually spun off a science version of it. So he's got the normal one where it's often like um, anyone like popular religious figures or journalists mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. book writers, authors and things like that. And then he's got his science one where he'll interview people like Jennifer Doudna from Chris- the of CRISPR fame and mm-hmm. things like that. So it's really, really good. It's always so fascinating. And then he, he also has a... Um, he also has a uh, like an, a part of Stony Brook University is yeah. the Alan Alda Center for Communicating Science, and they use improv to teach scientists about communicating clearly and concisely. So cool. And so he brings that into the podcast occasionally. Which clear and vivid. Yes, uh, I think you might need to search for clear and then the plus sign. Okay. And then vivid. So you're saying using improv and science works? <laughs> well, here we are. Well, so claims Alan Alda anyway. Uh, clear plus vivid. Th- that's my brand of content. I was just gonna say. <laughs> Ah, uh, there it is. Take that, Alan Alda. Kevin, what have you been consuming? Um, equally as poignant and important in our world today is that when you lock people in a room and then make them only be able to communicate through text give it, messaging, give it time. Give it time. You create the TV show The Circle. Now, you might have seen on Netflix that there was an American version of The Circle. And like most American versions, the British version was way better. True that, yo. Um, And so we just finished watching 
uh, season three of the British uh, or the UK um, circle. Mm-hmm. And I got to say. Very dramatic. It holds up. Very dramatic. <laughs> um, no, it's trashy, but it is a nice way to turn your brain off. <laughs> uh, Margaret? Well, along those same lines, um, I mentioned it actually earlier, but I have been consuming something I used to consume a lot in college, which is the Harry Potter Lego uh, video game. Oh, Speaking another of games, indie game. Oh yeah, I, I don't think well. it's indie. <laughs> um, but basically, you know, you're just a little, you're all the little Lego Harry Potter figures, and you're going around doing all the plots of all the books. And it's, is it complete? It's like years one through seven. I think it's, I have one through four. I think you have one through four and five through seven. Okay. Yeah. Can so you, eventually, yeah. Can you play as uh, Hagrid? Yes, you can. Indeed. You Snape? Can. Yep. Indeed. Uh-huh. Got that one. Uh, the Weasleys? Yep. yep. All the Weasley scabbers. Madame Pobfrey? Uh-huh. Yep. And, Wait, really? Yeah. And Whoa. the main characters, you can often play as them in different uh, outfits, just so like a Lego. you can also uh, play them with carrot wands instead of... <laughs> Ah, classic. You can also put disguises on them so they all look like Groucho Marx. What I've always wanted. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's a very good game. It it brings me back to college, and uh, I like it a lot. Margaret just drinks one PBR a night and plays Lego Harry Potter. (laughs) Back to college. Um, Before we go, David, Foster, do you have anything you want to plug? I think we probably would plug the same thing. Yes. Yes. On the count of three. Okay. One, three, two, two three. one. My PhD. Oh. oh, uh, our podcast. Our podcast. Oh, there you go. David and I have a podcast. It is called Audio Obscura. Mm-hmm. And the premise is uh, we take turns putting together a mystery for each other, an audio mystery. And and the listeners can play along. It's a lot of fun. It's very silly. Um, we sometimes have our funny friends on. Camden and Margaret have been on oh, a yes. couple of sometimes times. Sometimes funny friends, Camden and Margaret. <laughs> and um, so so check out those episodes for sure. And um, yeah, check it out, Audio Obscura. You can go to um, audioobscurapod.com for, for more info. Well, we really appreciate you both being on here. Um, yeah, we love Audio Obscura. We are very honored to have been guests before. Thanks for being guests today. And thank you all so much for listening today. If you liked this episode or any of our others, please rate us and leave us a quick review as well as subscribing on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. Those reviews help new listeners decide if they want to give us a try. You can hear more content like this from our Sister Wife podcast from Uta O, um, hosted by me. And you can show us other forms of support by going to patreon.com slash don't pee on your leg. And if you'd be so kind and are able to, you can choose between one of three different levels, the top two of which earn access to bonus content, bonus content, which is our other show, Gotta Classify Em All, a podcast where we explore the intersection of Pokemon and real science that might have inspired them. Don't Pee on Your Leg and Other Scientific Misconceptions is a podcast produced by Two Birds, One Scone. Articles, blog posts, and more about what you can do every day to conserve our environment can be found at twobirdsonescone.org. Original theme music is by Camilla. And if you have any scientific misconceptions that you'd like us to explain or you want to provide feedback to us, please email us at don'tpeeonyourleg at gmail.com. Have Have a a great great week. week. Have a great week, guys. Are we ro- are we rolling? Yeah, we're rolling. We're, we're live. We're at sound speeds. Sounds sounds <laughs> Mach five. Thank you, sound. Clackers. Clackers. <laughs>